Welcome to Beef and Forage Roundup, on-farm research and demonstration with host Chantal McRae. This podcast is a production of Manitoba Beef and Forage Initiatives, created to share information with farmers, producers, and agriculture enthusiasts to showcase the important work that is happening at MBFI. Our podcasts drop on the first and third Wednesdays of each month. We will be sharing information through interviews with General Manager Mary Jane Orr, project leads for various projects, MBFI's team members, speakers from our extension events, industry leaders, and industry suppliers. This podcast will dig deep into on-farm research and field testing practices related to beef cattle and forage production and efficiency and sustainability of practice in the agricultural industry in Manitoba. We will be sharing information on upcoming training and workshops, field and farm demonstration tours, education materials, and events at MBFI as well as producer profiles from around the province and information on their trials, challenges, innovation, and results. We encourage you to browse our social media accounts and website for links to more information on projects, upcoming events, and important deadlines. Information on our social accounts and website can be found following the show and in the show notes. As always, we encourage you to email us if you have feedback, questions, or topic suggestions for the show at information at mbfi.ca. From all of the staff at MBFI, we would like to wish you a safe and happy holiday season. We'd like to thank you for your support in 2022 and wish you the best in 2023. Please join us on the Beef and Forage Roundup January 4th as we kick off the new year with a conversation with David Rourke about his book, A Road to Fossil Fuel-Free Farming, and the steps he is taking on his farm towards being sustainable and fuel-free. See you in 2023. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Today I have the opportunity of chatting with both MBFI research technician Leah Rodfang and retired veterinarian Everett Moore. Leah grew up on a cow-calf operation near Coronation, Alberta. Her family influenced her love of native prairie, which led her to studying range management at the University of Alberta. During her undergraduate degree, Leah competed with the U of A range team and worked with graduate students on their research. Since joining MBFI in 2016, Leah has been responsible for the data collection and record keeping for project and farm purposes. She oversees day-to-day research activities, maintains research tools and technology, and is developing skills in project design and reporting. Leah has developed the animal care program to standardize vaccination and treatment protocols for the farm. Leah plays a very important role in creating MBFI's grazing plans, as well as collecting data through precise record keeping throughout the year that is used in grazing studies at MBFI. In a past episode, she shared information with us on the topic of range management, as well as touching on extended grazing practices, which allow MBFI's cattle herd to graze most of the year. Today, we're going to be focusing on how to complete body condition scoring on cattle, as well as how and why MBFI conducts weigh days on a regular basis with their cattle herds. We're going to continue this conversation with tired veterinarian Everett Moore, about issues we see in production where cattle body condition falls outside of optimum target areas, some information on common issues related to maintaining optimum body condition, and more about his experience as a veterinarian. Welcome back to the podcast today, Leah. Today we're wrapping up our podcast series on winter feeding and rations. How are you doing today? I'm good, thank you. Happy to be back. Good, thanks. I guess my first question is how often does MBFI weigh their cattle and what is the process to do so? 
So we weigh our cattle approximately every month. The frequency of that uh, may change depending on specific requirements of the project that the cattle are on. So sometimes every two weeks, sometimes less than monthly. We sort our cows and calves and we weigh our calves first. Uh, we do this because we've just found that the cows go through the chute easier when they know their calves are on the other side. And then for calves up to about 12 months old, we just weigh them. And for our replacement heifers and our mature cows and our bulls, we weigh them and body condition score them at the same time. I think that's a great idea with running the calves through first. That just makes so much sense when the cows then can just follow on with their calves and be back together with them. Yeah. So MBFI weighs their cattle obviously more regularly than most producers probably do. And you've kind of alluded to this already, but can you share a bit more on why this is and why this data is so important at MBFI? So yeah, like I said, first, we are weighing more often for our research purposes, but this tells us some things like what time of year our calves are gaining more or less. Um, we then are looking at how the cows are doing post calving, like if they're putting on weight and condition like they're supposed to be. And we also can identify um, animals that may not be doing as well. So anything that's really thin, we can pull the animal from the project if we think it's needed for animal welfare purposes. We use our calf weighing data for to look at like their response to the summer grazing program. We use our weaning weights a lot. So we look at things like their average daily gain between birth and weaning what their 205 day adjusted weaning weight is. And that's used to compare between different sexes of calves, as well as the different dam ages. And all of these things go into evaluating the cow's performance. Our cow and calf data I use for accurately devising winter feed rations, because for example, like a 1700 pound cow is going to eat more than a, an 1100 pound cow. We use their weights for accurately determining a grazing cell allocation, especially for things like high density grazing. If we're looking at like one acre or 1.2 acres, that kind of thing. And I use their most recent weigh data to calculate the animal unit, which I use for our grazing rotations. And that is a good way to be able to compare um, the use of the pasture regardless of who's grazing it, whether it's pears or replacement heifers or bulls. And then as a bonus, this is just something that has kind of happened because we weigh so often, but it really helps with our low stress handling. So our calves from very young are used to going through the handling system and having nothing bad happen to them. Cause all that happens is they come through, they stop for a second and then they leave. And because we often have inexperienced or unfamiliar handlers out for things like events or even just for our summer students, it's really helpful when our cows are confident in the system as well. That's something that I hadn't thought about. So that's a great idea if you have the extra time to be able to run them through on a little bit more regular basis. What tools are used at MBFI to take accurate measurements of cow and calf weights? So we use a platform scale. So this is a platform that goes in the chute part of our handling system. It's not under the squeeze. So we have load cells under the platform and the cow will stand on that. 
and then we have an RFID reader. We're using an antenna that goes on the side of the chute and that gets their CCA tag and then communicates that to our way scale data collector, which has all the CCA tags correlated to the cow ID or calf ID tag. And then the other thing we have that's important is calibration weights. So we can make sure our scale is accurate. And then for a process, I always make sure I try to reweigh the cow. So the, when the cow comes on the scale, it automatically will assign the weight. But I always try to make sure I hit reweigh. That means I'm actually looking at the weight and that helps me make sure that she doesn't have like a foot off the back or anything like that. I check their previous weight and their average daily gain. So cows can be like up to a hundred pounds different between weigh days, just based on like room and fill. So you have to like keep that in mind when you're looking, but make sure that the cow's weight makes sense and she doesn't weigh like 600 pounds because then you're probably missing a foot or two. And for calves, they're always increasing, but I've noticed I can expect about a 50 to 80 pound increase in calves between our monthly weigh days. So that's something I'm looking at and just making sure that their average daily gain makes sense. So with that RFID tag, reader and that information, does it automatically put all of that into a computer system for you with their tag number and their weight? This one doesn't. I have to export it to an Excel sheet and then use that. There is some software that comes with the program, but it doesn't integrate very well with the rest of our record keeping. So I use the spreadsheet. That's still so interesting. So much different than the days of writing down the tag number and then writing down the weight and Yes. They try and keep a piece of paper somewhere that you can find it and then inputting it all into a computer system. Yes. It's very fast. Yeah, it would be cool. You've already mentioned body condition scoring just very slightly, but can you tell us how body condition scoring is used at MBFI and maybe even a little bit on what body condition scoring is? Sure. So we use body condition scoring to monitor our mature animals so everything, once they hit 12 months of age, are getting body condition scored at least once a month. Um, a condition score is telling you about the amount of fat on an animal. And it can tell us more about the health of the animal than one specific weight. Like I said, a cow might be 100 pounds different than her last weight ate just based on rumen fill. But her condition score, the amount of fat on her body, isn't going to change substantially. And we are monitoring our changes in body condition because they're going to tell us how well the cow is adapting to the system, as well as it might indicate parasite load. So if you're getting a bunch of cows that are coming up really thin, you might have a lot of parasites in your herd. That's a good point. I didn't know that cows could be that hundred pounds different just because of the rumen fill. So that is definitely a useful tool when you're looking at a cow and going, oh, she was hundred pounds lighter last time, or she's hundred pounds heavier than what we expected her to be from her last weigh day. For sure. And hundred pounds is the extreme end. That's usually not that different, but I definitely have noticed up to about that hundred pounds. That's super interesting. Can you explain the process that is used to determine body condition scores? Sure. So 
The first thing that's really important is make sure your animal is secure in your chute or your squeeze and make sure you have a, a way to reach over to your animal that isn't going to get your hands or your arms pinned or broken. It's important to make sure that you keep yourself safe as well. And then you're going to feel for fat cover. You're going to feel along their short ribs, their spine, their hooks and pins, and on either side of the tail head. The Canadian body condition scoring has a scale of one to five, including half scores. So a score of one is very emaciated. The animal is starving and weak. The entire body is very thin. You can see all their skeletal structures. And a number five is very fat or obese. So the animal has like a blocky appearance. You can't see their bone structure. Their backbone looks more flat. You might, can like see the folds of fat and their mobility may even be impaired. And a three on the body condition scale, which is kind of ideal, is a good layer of fat, but not too fat. So you can feel their ribs still, but they don't feel sharp. And you can feel some of the fat deposits around their hooks and pins and their tail head. We had talked a little bit earlier, we're going to link a resource into the show notes that's from Alberta Agriculture, so that if listeners want to find out more about the body condition scoring and all of the different scores and half scores, they can take a look at that link and they can get all of that information. Why is it valuable to use a hands-on method to determining body condition score rather than just using a visual appraisal? It's important because there are several other factors that can affect your visual appraisal of an animal and how fat you think she is. So the first is animal fill. An animal with an empty rumen is going to look thinner than an animal with a full rumen, but that's not actually telling you anything about the amount of fat cover that she has. The winter coat might impair your ability to see. It's going to obscure their skeletal features a little bit. So again, that's why it's better to actually put a hand on so you can feel that fat. And then even just things like black cows can be harder to assess visually just because it's harder to see shadows and things like that. Do you ever use just a visual appraisal if cows say aren't close to the handling facility? Or if you're out moving cattle and you're looking at them and you're thinking, oh, you know what, that one looks a little different than maybe some of the rest of the herd. Do you use that at all? Or do you kind of more strictly use the weigh days and the weigh scale and the body condition scoring because you're doing it monthly? I would say I do do visual assessments, but to do any like specific management changes, we would go back to the body condition score. So it's just kind of the typical thing when you're out checking cattle and you go, oh, that cow looks kind of thin and prominent short ribs and things like that. Or they've, they've been on really good feed and they look empty. That's also a worrying sign. What would you say is the ideal body condition that MBFI is aiming for going into the winter? So we are aiming for a body condition score of three or maybe a little higher, but we don't want to get to too high. We want our cows in good condition going into winter because it's the most expensive time to feed them. And the cows can drop about half a body condition score over winter um, without it being too harmful for them. So we don't want them too thin going into winter and have to feed them better quality feed in order to maintain. We want to start them off in a good place 
and have a little bit of leeway there. If you're looking at the difference, say between a 2.5 and a three on your body condition score, what is the difference in there? I say when I'm doing a three, I can feel their short ribs, but they're not like you have to press down quite hard. They're not as easily differentiated and you can start to feel some of the fat like along their hip and around their tail head. And then by the time you get to a two and a half, their short ribs are easier to feel and they're starting to feel kind of sharp along the edges. Their hips are a little more prominent and there isn't as much fat along their hip and over to their tail head. So there's definitely a little bit of a difference between the, that half of a body condition. Yes. But not a big enough difference to be alarming, say coming out of winter being that 2.5 instead of that three. Yeah. Is there anything else that you'd like to share with us about weigh days, weigh scales, or body condition scoring before we wrap up today? I think anybody who's thinking about starting doing some weighing on their farm needs to think about how they want to do it really carefully before they implement anything. For example, we've run into some problems with our platforms not being big enough for your average cow. So if they're a little too short or a little too narrow, the cows step off them really easy. And so one thing you can consider to eliminate that problem is to put your scale under your squeeze. And then the other thing I think everyone needs to think about is what information is important for you to get out of your weigh days. So what are you looking for? Are you looking for your calf weaning weights to evaluate cow performance? Are you looking for like average daily gain during a backgrounding or grasser operation to see how those operations are doing? But yeah, just think about what you want your weights to tell you. And then you can use that to figure out when you want to do your weigh days. That's a really great suggestion because it doesn't make sense for people if they don't need the information to weigh them three times a year, four times a year, if they really only need those weights once a year, or maybe they want to do it going into winter to calculate that winter feed and then going back out in the spring, just to kind of see where they're at as far as their body condition and their weight after being in for the winter. So that's a really good, good thing to think about is what information do you actually need and what are you actually going to use? Yes. Perfect. Well, that's all I have today for your portion of the episode. We're going to be chatting with Everett and he's going to give us a little bit of his experience as a vet, as far as body condition scoring and a little bit of winter feeding information as well. So thank you so much for joining me today. Happy to be here. Thanks, Leah. Dr. Everett Moore graduated from the Western College of Veterinary Medicine in 1972 and practiced at Burden Animal Hospital for a little over 48 years, retiring in December of 2020. The majority of his practice was devoted to beef cattle, with equine practice also being a significant part of his work. He has, for many years, operated a small purebred Semental herd, marketing yearling bulls as well as bred heifers. Dr. Moore has both a professional as well as a personal interest in nutrition for both beef cattle and horses. He emphasizes feed testing and ration formulation as key building blocks to livestock health and production. Everett has volunteered in numerous livestock and professional organizations and was inducted into the Manitoba Agricultural Hall of Fame in 2017. Welcome to the podcast today, Everett. 
in this episode, we're talking about body condition scoring and taking cattle weight. So in the first half of the episode, I talked with Leah Rodvang, who is one of the research technicians at MBFI, and we chatted about how to complete body condition scoring on cattle, as well as how and why MBFI conducts weigh days on a regular basis with their cattle herds. Before we get into discussions about what you've seen, can you tell me a bit about your history with cattle, both from the perspective of a veterinarian and as a cattle producer? Thanks, Chantel. I was practicing veterinarian at Verdon Animal Hospital for over 48 years, uh, retired December 31st, 2020. I spent the vast majority of my uh, practice time as a large animal practitioner and a uh, very large part of that uh, involved with beef cattle. On a personal level, I run a small herd of purebred Simmental cattle and we market yearling bulls and bred heifers. So that's pretty much tells you who I am. Perfect. Thank you. To kick things off, what would you say is the first piece of advice or food for thought you'd like to share with producers when it comes to body condition in breeding herds? Well, I think food for thought, um, sometimes weighing cattle on a scale is uh, considered the ultimate in assessing their condition. But really, uh, hands-on body condition scoring gives you some specific information uh, that you don't get from a scale. Uh, and so that makes that procedure um, very valuable and certainly uh, worth learning how to do. Just having that ability to put your hands on an animal and really fe- feeling that fat coverage and that body condition just gives you so much more information than sticking them on that scale, even though it gives you the numbers, maybe doesn't give you all of the information. I'd agree with that. In your opinion, what is the main benefit of taking the time to monitor body condition? Well, when you're monitoring body condition manually, what you're really doing is assessing um, the fat cover on the animal, um, basically. I mean, muscle will be assessed to a certain extent too, but basically it's fat cover. And their hair coat and the conformation of the animal makes assessing that visually very difficult, especially at certain times of the year. And so that's the reason that you need uh, to do the hands-on deal. The scale will tell you uh, changes in bone muscle and fat all together, but it's really fat that is most important when we're doing body condition scoring. And what types of issues do you see or have you seen in production where cattle body condition falls outside of the optimum target area with different classes of cattle? Well, I think if we start with the young animals first, uh, when up to three years of age, we're talking about animals that are still growing. And whether you're talking about uh, heifer calves uh, that are still under a year of age, or whether you're talking about red heifers carrying their first calf, or the two-year-olds who have weaned their first calf, they're all still growing. Um, and, and we look mainly at uh, their fertility as being one of the most uh, important things that can be affected. You can certainly affect growth too, but, but if you uh, compromise any of those groups Uh, you will certainly first affect fertility, then you will affect their milk production in the case of animals who are milking and nursing a calf. And and then you'll affect their growth next. And and lastly, if it's a severe enough situation, we're talking that uh, we have a deficiency, we're talking about um, body function, vital functions, but we don't ever expect uh, or hope we get anywhere near that. When you affect the reproduction uh, in these young animals, you're setting them up for a lifetime of reduced production. In other words, if she gets behind as a two-year-old in her calving because she was late settling as a yearling, 
uh, or the same thing again as a three-year-old because she was late settling as a two-year-old. It's a very difficult procedure to get them back into uh, sync with the rest of the herd. The other thing that you will affect is their milk production, both quality and quantity, if you're below where you want to be on your body condition score. And that uh, impacts their lifetime production through their calf, of course, because if a calf doesn't get enough or adequate milk, especially of colostrum, you affected both his immunity to disease and also his growth. If you look at, at over conditioning, and that doesn't happen very often, but it can happen in those probably uh, heifer calves and yearling heifers. If you get them severe enough uh, uh, over conditioned, and we're probably talking at least a body condition four or five, maybe more than that, you can affect uh, lifetime milk production because fat gets deposited in that udder. And so that's the one worry about, about over body condition score uh, in those young animals. When you're looking at mature cows, it's a little bit uh, a different situation because they're no longer growing, but we're still looking at the same deal with um, reproduction and also with milk production. If you get tight on your body condition scoring and on your nutrition that you're feeding to them, those things will be affected. And again, you can set her back for the rest of her life. When we come to, to backgrounding calves or backgrounding cattle, there's a, a little different there because we're no longer looking at reproduction, no longer looking at fertility. It's simply growth and their immune system, uh, their ability to, to fight off disease. And when you're talking, talking about backgrounding cattle, we're likely in a situation or could be in a situation where they're, they're under stress because they've had lots of changes in the, uh, their lifestyle. And so they need their immune system functioning pretty well in order uh, for them to come through that okay. Uh, you can take a little bit out of them as far as growth goes if you've got uh, a plan to, to rebound that uh, called compensatory growth later on, but it's probably their immune system that's uh, the one thing that you really need to be worried about. When we come to bulls, um, probably the place that we have seen uh, the most concern with over um, conditioning, too high a body condition score is in yearling bulls that are being fitted for sales. They'll deposit uh, fat in the neck of the scrotum. That will affect uh, semen quality and quantity and can often result in uh, a poor uh, bull evaluation uh, prior to breeding. Uh, if you look at the other side of the situation uh, with, an, with a lower than optimum body condition score, uh, as long as they have had uh, an adequate uh, uh, diet in order to allow them to develop their reproductive ability properly, then the next thing we're looking at is them having the physical ability uh, and then the stamina to actually go out and breed cows. So those are kind of the, the different groups of cattle that, that you have to look at, uh, the different concerns that you have uh, with uh, body condition scoring, mostly on under under body condition score and uh, occasionally with the yearling heifers and heifer calves and uh, the yearling bulls, where you'll see an over, uh, over condition. Do you mind if I throw in just a question that kind of came to me while you were talking about that? Go ahead. Can having severely over-conditioned cows cause problems with calving ease? Depending on the word severe, I guess. Okay. Uh, you, can certainly, you can certainly see that uh, with young heifers, probably more than you would with cows, and to the point of uh, having fat deposited on the inside of the pelvis. But they've got to be pretty fat before that's a concern, I guess would be my thoughts. 
you can affect their growth by under conditioned scoring, which would be more detrimental to a calving problem likely than a situation where um, we have um, too much fat deposit in the pelvis. Uh, if you're talking about young animals, uh, older animals, of course, they've already reached a mature size. So uh, then it's, it can be a concern, but it's not, not a major problem, I guess, would be my thought. That makes sense. If it is a problem, you'll wind up, um, I, I guess I have seen it when there would be a tear and then you have uh, gobs of fat coming out um, of that tear. So it, it does happen in young heifers, probably more than mature cows. From your history as a vet and a producer, what were the most common issues related to maintaining optimal body condition and how can these issues be best addressed? Well, I think um, the, the most condition problems that I have seen uh, are reproductive problems uh, from under conditioning. And, and so the way to address those uh, is simply to really get your hands on them and understand what you've got. And you don't do that, don't learn that necessarily by the first time you ever try it. You've kind of got to learn the procedure and become familiar with what normal is before you can, you can assess what's going on. But that's probably the reproductive performance is the one that I see as being or have seen as being the biggest concern with under conditioning. And you've kind of already talked about kind of the detriments to being both over and under conditioned. But what are the long-term and short-term benefits to a breeding herd that is maintaining ideal body condition? I think the long and short-term benefits really are the same. Uh, and, and we're looking at lifetime productivity of the cow. And, and that's, again, assessed by her fertility and also by uh, the milk production colostrum specifically for immunity of the calf and then the growth of the calf on through uh, to weaning. Uh, that's that's kind of the area that I see as being uh, the biggest concern. The other thing that worries me a little bit sometimes is when you get into some a group of cows that that are under conditioned. If anything goes wrong, anything from foot rot to whatever, they don't really have a reserve to fall back on. And sometimes that uh, something as simple as a foot rot or uh, or a minor case of hardware can tip them over the edge. Uh, if they don't have any reserve to draw on. That makes sense. If they're already kind of giving it their all just to maintain themselves and then they end up sick or have some kind of problem, they don't have that ability to bounce back. Definitely like those healthy cows do. Exactly. When balancing the cost of feed or considering alternative feed stocks, how should a producer manage the risk in allowing cows to lose some condition? And when in a cow's production cycle is the risk the lowest? I guess the first thing that comes to mind when we talk about that is you have to be darn sure that you've got some body condition to lose. And once again, you've got to come back to get your hands on before you really know that. If you think, oh, well, it's the time of year that I can take a little bit of condition off of them uh, and you really didn't have any to lose without affecting their health, uh, then you probably shouldn't be thinking about doing it. And the other thing you need is a plan to regain it. If you start them, as a three and take them to a two and a half or maybe a little bit lower than that, at some point in time, you've got to get them back to a three. So you need to plan ahead and know how to do that. If you're going to do it, probably the best time to do it is when the cow's demands are least as far as her nutrition goes. And that will be after you wean her calf 
and before she hits what we call the last trimester or six month pregnancy. So if you stop and think about that, if you calve starting the 1st of April, you likely started breeding late June. If you wean them in November, uh, that means they hit that last trimester, the start of it, the 1st of January. So you've got from weaning time, which is sometime in November till the 1st of January. And uh, that's all the time you've got to really have that allow that cow to drop some condition. By the 1st of January, we're back into that last trimester when things get to be really important as far as the growth of the fetus. And very shortly after that, the formation of colostrum uh, in that udder. So you need to have a plan to, to get things going again. So it's a pretty narrow window if you're really talking about um, them losing some, some time mm -hmm. and, and some condition. When producers are thinking about overwintering their cattle, what are some of the key things that they need to be paying attention to through those harsher winter months? I think the temperature and wind chill are really, really important. Sometimes we hear about wind chill and don't give it a lot of credit, but it makes a big difference to a cow out there. Uh, if she's uh, in 30 below day and the wind's blowing, we all know what that feels like, but we can put more clothes on. She can't do that. Thin cows require up to 30% more energy to maintain themselves than a fat cow does. That fat is an insulator. And so that's why having good body conditions uh, is important through that really, really cold time of year. If they happen to be eating snow, now we are requiring some body heat and energy to melt that snow. So that means your requirements are even higher. So that's that would be my thought is in those cold days, you need to think about uh, increasing their ration. Uh, and uh, if they're uh, exposed to the winter, even if it's walking a quarter mile or a half mile for water, that's still a fairly cold walk. Try it yourself someday. Uh, and, and that requires more energy. And if they've got some fat on them, um, that certainly will help them stand up. Do cows produce body heat when they eat? Yes, they do. Okay. Uh, and that's, that's where they get it from. From, and they're a little bit, uh, rumen animals are a little bit better off than horses, for instance, uh, because they've got that large rumen uh, and there's a fair bit of heat coming off of that fermentation in that rumen. Uh, so that's the source, but you need to feed that source. Is there anything else that you'd like to share about body condition scoring or about cattle condition before we wrap up today? Well, I guess when we're talking about uh, evaluating body condition uh, and then talking about maintaining it or rebuilding it if we've lost it uh, or, or taken a little bit off, um, uh, if, if we've got more than we need, there's really no substitute for testing your feed so you know what you've got and then having a ration formulated to meet the needs of the various classes of the cattle. And there, is, there is just simply no other option when you're trying to uh, decide whether you're going to uh, put a little more condition on them or take a little off. We're talking energy when we're talking about body condition score. So regardless of where her energy status is, she's got to have adequate protein, vitamins, minerals, including trace minerals. And just because she's in good body condition doesn't really mean that she's adequate in those other situations. And uh, you need all of those for the up to maximum or up to optimum uh, for her to produce the way you want her to for the rest of her life. I'm really glad you brought up the feed testing and rations because we, as part of our fall and early winter podcast series, we've are just working through 
we talked to Elizabeth Nuremberg with Manitoba Egg, and we did a whole episode that was just on feed testing and rations. And so if there's listeners out there that want more information about that, I would suggest that they take a listen back and then they can get in contact with Elizabeth if they have additional questions about those feeding rations. And you don't have to have, uh, you could certainly get a feed rep to do that for you. You can do it yourself uh, and then talk to somebody like Elizabeth who can who can do a ration for you. Talk to your local veterinarians. Lots of them are in a situation where they can do a ration for you too. Um, but it's really, really important to know what you've got. Just by looking at it, you cannot tell um, where um, any of the situations are as far as protein, uh, minerals, uh, trace minerals, uh, or energy. You need to have it analyzed. When you're feeding your cows for the winter months, do you have specific feed that you gravitate towards? We use hay anywhere from uh, grass hay to brome alfalfa hay uh, to straight alfalfa sometimes. And we also do um, bale silage and using oats. And I got a real eye opener this year when I tested my brome alfalfa hay and it's not anywhere nearly as good as it normally is. Uh, and But it looks just fine. That's interesting. So is that hay that you had from your own land? Uh, no, it's hay that I buy from the same oh, guy okay. off the same piece of piece, but it's bought, it's comes off the same field year after year after year. Hmm, that's interesting that it's just that much lower this year. We got a little bit of rain on it this year, but a long way from being soaked. If I hadn't tested, I would not have known. Yeah, super important to do those tests so you know what you have. Thank you so much, Everett, for joining me today to share your knowledge and your expertise, both from the view of a veterinarian and as a cattle producer on cattle body condition and making sure that those cows are getting what they need. The research programs and daily operations at MBFI would not be possible without funding from the province of Manitoba, Government of Canada, and Canadian Agricultural Partnership, as well as partnership with Manitoba Agriculture Manitoba Beef Producers, Ducks Unlimited Canada, and the Manitoba Forage and Grassland Association. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Beef and Forage Roundup. For more information on the on-farm projects or upcoming extension events, please visit us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at mbbeefandforage. For full project reports and more information about MBFI, please visit our website, mbfi.ca. If you have feedback on the show, questions about content, are interested in becoming a project supporter, or want to submit a proposal for a research project topic, please email information at mbfi.ca. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe to ensure you don't miss an upcoming episode. We've got lots to share.